are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, welcome back to the Locked On NBA podcast. What a night in the association with two playoff games. Philly holding off the Atlanta Hawks. Utah Jazz with a thriller over the L.A. Clippers. We're going to talk about them both and the Wednesday night game. All of it here on the Wednesday show. I am one of your regular Wednesday co-hosts, John Corrales. I host the Lockdown Celtics podcast. You can find me at, on Twitter at Reds Army underscore John. And I'm Jake Madison, host of the Lockdown Pelicans podcast. You can find me on Twitter at Nola Jake. Today's episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra at only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Stay tuned for the Ultra Player of the Week coming up later in the episode. If you did not stay up for this game against between the Utah Jazz and the LA Clippers, it was a long one. It, it was not a smoothly run game, but in the end, we were rewarded for our patience. Utah, 112-109 winners. Let's start at the very end, Jake, with the Clippers having an opportunity to tie the game. Uh, Donovan Mitchell goes off crazy. What a, what a turnaround. The Clippers did not get a, a three-point shot from Kawhi Leonard. They did not get one from Paul George. It was Marcus Morris in the corner, denied multiple times by Rudy Gobert, an amazing defensive stand at the end. I just want to bask in the glory of what an amazing finish to this, this game. That was an incredible final possession for two reasons. First is Rudy Gobert out there on the perimeter, almost getting kind of twisted around. Like he, Morris almost had him, right? And he still managed to block the shot, end the game, give the Jazz the win. And look, it's already late enough. I was thrilled this didn't go into overtime. So thank you, Rudy Gobert. But also you had Kawhi Leonard and Paul George pass up the shot. They both could have ripped a three on that final position and neither wanted to. It wouldn't have been a great shot. But at the same point, it's those two guys, right? Mm-hmm. The Clippers' two best players. They're a little bit of a top-heavy team at times. You probably need to have one of them shooting, not the guy matched up with Rudy Gobert, who at that point can't drive and attack. You've got to take the three. The Jazz were ready for it. The two best players for the Clippers pass it up. Two real big things there, I think. Yeah, a, a nice kind of microcosm of the game in one possession. Yeah. You had uh, – Paul George passing up a shot. Paul George finished with 20 points, but four of but. 17 shooting, three of eight from three. He was nine of 10 from the line. That's great. He had 10 rebounds. That's nice. But that the 20, the 20 and 10 is very, very misleading because Paul George was very much the, the meme Paul George where he was called. I mean, the chants were of overrated were incredibly they- loud rained down on him and it was loud. Like you can, for, if you can hear that loudly through the TV, how loud does it have to be in the arena? Right. Can I, can I just say side note? I'm so happy that we've gotten to a point where we can get the fans back in the arenas because how crappy would this game have been without that atmosphere? Like to, to have the fans back in the arenas is, is absolutely amazing. Um, oh, it's, it's awesome. And we'll, we'll touch on that in the third segment with Phoenix too. Kind of same feel, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so you, you had Paul George who just, it, it looked like for a while there, he was actively trying to avoid shooting. Uh, Kawhi mm-hmm. Leonard had a much better second half, it, but 
overall 23 points on nine of 19 shooting one of four from three. You just need a lot more than that from, from Kawhi more, definitely more from three. And, but as we talk about the microcosm, the, the Clippers absolutely went small to try to do what we always say could happen the to the Jazz. The entirety of the game. And the it, entirety of the game. It worked early, but it never really panned out the way they wanted it to. And one of the real reasons why is Derek Favors, who had an absolute monster of a game. And when when Rudy Gobert was out, he had was out with foul trouble. Favors came in and was an absolute beast defensively the the minutes that favors gave them i think set up the donovan mitchell takeover he held down the fort and was able to do enough defensively for donovan mitchell to all of a sudden go absolute crazy spider-man like the the legend of playoff donovan mitchell just grew exponentially in this game but i think it started with favors holding down the fort. You know, they had to keep it close in the first half, right? The Clippers defense and the switching really seemed to throw the Utah Jazz off from about the middle of the first quarter to maybe the middle of the, this is the beginning of the second quarter or so. And you saw Utah go through a real big cold spell during that time. I think they missed 19 straight shots and, you know, looked like they couldn't hit anything in this game. But because the Clippers, the Clippers were never able to build such a dominant lead that you felt that they were going to be safe, partially because of a guy like Derek Fay and just that overall Utah Jazz defense kind of keeping Paul George and Kawhi Leonard in check. They need more than 43 points combined from both of those guys if the Clippers really want to win some games and, you know, and win this series. So it, it worked for them. You know, they had an off first half, I thought, but defense, at least offensively, defensively, they did enough to keep them within striking distance because when the second half started, Oh my God, <laughs> Donovan Mitchell. Like you can't say enough. Uh, there, there aren't enough superlatives for the game that he had. No. Just the shot making, the performance he put forward, looking like vintage Dwayne Wade. When Dwayne Wade was yeah. there in the stands yeah. cheering for the Jazz, it was awesome. We had a point here where the, the Jazz had missed 21 straight shots. That's and what it was, okay. 21 straight shots. And... This could have been so much worse. Uh, Jordan Clarkson at the end of the first half, catching fire a little bit, helped keep things close. Um, the the second half coaching decisions, I think, are going to be a story. When when you look at what uh, Tyron Liu did, he he got some. He got plenty out of Luke Kennard early but he stuck with Luke Kennard for maybe a little too long. That magic ran out. He had DeMarcus Cousins in there early. He had a great play with the, the, the steal on Rudy Gobert, gets out in transition, gets a layup and one. They don't go back to that when, when Rudy Gobert was in foul trouble. They didn't, they didn't try to kind of rekindle any of that. They went with Rondo a ton when Terrence Mann was on the bench, and Terrence Mann has had some success. So... The, I, I think when we get to the, if you listen to the Lockdown Clippers podcast, I guarantee you there's going to be a whole question on what was Ty Lu doing out there with these rotations? Oh, they, they were bad. They, they were bad. He needed to put Nick Batum back in the game late. And at that point, he'd kind of made his decision to go with Luke Kennard, who 
played in three of the games in their first round series against the Mavericks. Didn't really play much, right? Played under right. 30 minutes total in those three games. I don't know. He he went 11 deep in the first half, I think. His rotations in the second half were were, were nonsensical to me. But also, I, I don't know if they were going to be able to do anything when Donovan Mitchell is going for 45 points. Hitting threes that sure. are, were basically just undefendable. Splitting any defender that he had to drive and score. You know, I, this, the Clippers didn't have an answer for him. They tried Kawhi Leonard on him, and Kawhi did, like, didn't slow him down at all. And if that's the way that night's going to go, the Clippers could be in for a long series. They clearly can do some work here. They need to kind of shore some things up. But when you get shot-making and play-making like that from Donovan Mitchell, like I don't even know if better rotations. And look, Ty Lue deserves a ton of blame for this loss. I don't know if it would have ultimately mattered, though, with the performance that we saw from Mitchell tonight. Yeah, no, I I, I do agree. I, I think that they could have done something to maybe try to slow him down. It's just, it's just. They def- should have done s- something else because that didn't work. <laughs> that did <not> <laughs> what, what, what they were doing, but what they were doing with Kinnar, like they were just kind of like giving up the switch and saying like, you know, it wasn't even on a, on a pick and roll. It was just a soft switch onto, onto Donovan Mitchell. And, and he just got to the rim whenever he wanted. So Donovan Mitchell was just a beast. And when you listen to Locked On Jazz, it's going to be a whole lot of love for everything that Donovan Mitchell did. There's going to be a lot more time dedicated to the Donovan Mitchell Love Fest with David Locke in the Locked On Jazz podcast. But the coaching decisions that went into the lead up to Mitchell getting going certainly can be looked at as lighting the fuse or maybe pouring gasoline onto the fire because (laughs) Donovan might've been going no matter what, but when you let him drive against Luke Kennard and Rajon Rondo, who was definitely not playoff Rondo in this game and hasn't been like you're, you're just, you might as well just lay out the red carpet to the rim and, and Mitchell gladly took it and got himself going, got himself going so much that he is going to be, the Michelob Ultra player of the game. Michelob Ultra player of the game. You know, everybody in Utah has experienced a lot of joy, a lot of happiness, and 45 points from Donovan Mitchell after, by the way, closing out the Memphis Grizzlies with a 30-point game. This isn't just the player of the day. The player of the week is you know, goes back to the, the closeout game against Memphis and, and the, the performance overall against Memphis, I would say. 45 points. The big stat here, Donovan Mitchell, his fourth career 40-point playoff game, tying him with Karl Malone for the most 40-point playoff games in Jazz history. Mitchell has played in 28 playoff games. Malone's fourth 40-point effort, according to ESPN Stats and Info, 149th playoff game. So I think Donovan is going to break that record. (laughs) Um Plenty of joy and happiness in Utah for the folks over there. Raise up a Michelob Ultra for Donovan Mitchell. He is our Ultra Player of the Week. Hey, what? join me, join Jake on Locker Room if you're interested in hearing from us about our teams. Jake, what's your, uh, what's your Locker Room uh, it's profile. at Nola Jake and there Wednesdays at 6 p.m. Central. We're talking all things draft right now. So whether you're a Pels fan or not, come on by. Let's talk some draft. Who do you take it to once Kate Cunningham's off the board of one? 
Uh, I am at John Corrales on Locker Room Talking Celtics, talking Brad Stevens, now president of basketball operations, all the moves he's going to be looking at. We've got lots of questions coming up there. There are a lot of Lockdown podcast hosts on Locker Room. And basically what Locker Room is is a sports talk radio thing for your phone. Log in, use your iOS. It's on iOS devices. There's an app in beta on Android. And check out your favorite Lockdown podcast hosts. It's a good chance that they're on there. They bring you onto stage. You've got a question. You've got a comment. You can talk in the chat rooms, whatever. I generally go on Fridays. But sign up. Create your profile, link your Twitter, join the NBA group for the latest league updates, and then you find out when your favorite host goes live. I know you won't want to miss when any of them are talking about your favorite team. So check out Locker Room, changing the way we talk about sports. Today on the road to the finals, our NBA playoffs coverage is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it at 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. We can all enjoy these games a little bit more this postseason. And one of the games that was very interesting, chippy, all of that, the Atlanta Hawks and the Philadelphia 76ers. I'm sure that there were plenty of Michelob Ultras being uh, consumed in Philly for this game, it was another raucous crowd. Those Philly games, I got to tell you, being in Philly as an opponent, watching that team hate your team, it is one of my favorite atmospheres. When I've been in there covering the Celtics, just in a regular season game, that's a madhouse. So uh, this game against the Atlanta Hawks, the Philadelphia 76ers win it 118-102. Another 40 spot dropped in this one, Joel Embiid. 13 of 25, 13 rebounds, two assists, two steals. Monster night for him. Monster night for Tobias Harris, which was what kicked the game off. Basically, Tobias Harris early, Seth Curry, the 21-point scorer late, and Joel Embiid kind of sprinkling it in all throughout. And on the other side, the big story, at least offensively, Trey Young struggling one of seven from three. He did finish with 21 points. Uh, For a while there... It was the bench that was keeping the Atlanta Hawks in the game, and that is until Shake Milton went Oh, man, the Shake Milton game. Shake, yeah. So Philly had zero bench points into the third quarter. Right. Zero. zero. None. And then Shake Milton decided that that needed to change and started (laughs) making some threes. And great decision by Doc Rivers to stick with him and to roll with him. He was four or five from three for 14 points in this one and kind of broke the doors, I think, open because Atlanta was staying in this one, right? Like you mentioned Trey Young's kind of poor game. I thought Philly did a really, really good job of throwing multiple guys at him to try and just get the ball out of his hands, force other people to beat him and make him be more of a passer than a shooter. And it was working for Atlanta for a while. They've got enough guys that kind of work as secondary ball handlers, I thought, which kept them in it. But once Philly started getting everyone contributing, including Shake Milton, and this really, Mm -hmm. despite... 
Embiid's 40 plus point game. This was the shake Milton game. That's what kind of was the difference maker. Otherwise it was close because the Atlanta Hawks were stepping up just enough, despite really good defense from the Sixers and the Sixers needed just like one more dude to do something. And it was shake Milton of all people. Yeah. I think when you listen to the locked on Sixers podcast, the shake Milton stepping up is going to be a huge, huge element here because for a while, like I said, it started out, Tobias Harris came out of the box hot. Um, Seth Curry kept it together in the third quarter. They, they, he got a ton of wide open. Like, I think if you give up a wide open three to anybody named Curry, you should not only be given the, the, the other team should not only be given the three points. They should dock you a point for being so bad at the defense. His name is Curry. He's a good shooter. Do not leave him open. And I will say of the five that he hit, maybe four of them were wide open, but the, the game broke open when finally someone from one of those, other than one of those three started scoring. Ben Simmons did nothing offensively, nothing. He was, he, he was really good defensively. Though, he was really game. good. Like, no, sure. He was, really, I, you're going to look at, people are going to look at that box score and be like, Oh, what, what the hell did he do? And it's like, no, that dude was a monster defensively on the perimeter in this game. Absolutely. And, but you'd like that Ben, you would like to have Ben Simmons contribute something on the other end, other than four points, yeah. two of three shooting. Nice, nice cuts, couple of nice cuts, but that's it. Danny green, nothing offensively. Uh, you can't have him shooting like that. Oh no! Like that's that cannot happen. So great that Seth Curry stepped up. Uh, great that Shake Milton stepped up. But that that's that's the storyline there. Now for Atlanta, this is where I'm kind of curious. So Atlanta, kind of, I'll just say a little lucky because you got a classic Danilo Gallinari performance that does not happen very often. So th- this game might not have been as close as it seemed because Gallo was a complete outlier in this game. And, and I wonder as, as they go back to Atlanta tied one, one, do they, do they feel good about this saying like, Hey, look, Trey had a bad game. Trey young early, even though he wasn't hitting, he was spraying the ball around. He was finding guys. They had a lot of wide open shots that they missed. There were a couple of balls that went off of guys, hands out of bounds. So it was not a typical Hawks performance offensively. Defensively, they were scrambling way too much. They had no answers. Like I said, they were leaving Curry wide open. Do you feel like you go into Atlanta thinking, we stole one, we can clean a lot of this up, and we feel good about where we are? So I think both teams actually feel good about where they are, you know, from the, from the Hawks perspective of it, you know, if they can find a way to maybe defend Joel Embiid a little bit better, they're going to feel pretty good. They were throwing two guys at him every single time. And that's why Seth Curry, who's like a 45% shooter from three was wide open on all of those looks. And when you look at what Embiid did this, the 41 point game he had was pretty masterful too. He scored from everywhere on the court and kind of took what the defense gave him and was like, I'm, I'm good enough that I can do this threes. No problem. Mid Rangers. No problem. Anytime he got near the paint, two dudes were on him to try and kind of get him away from all of that. And he would just kick out and they have the shooters to kind of do that. So when another guy finally steps up and starts hitting those open shots, they win, they feel good because they think those guys are going to get those looks and can hit those a little bit better. I think from Atlanta, they feel pretty good about this because Trey young had a bad game and those other guys stepped up too. Right. You mentioned it with Danilo Gallinari. That was the, 
the design, I think, by the Philadelphia defense. Don't let Trey Young yeah. beat you. Let those other guys take those shots, and you just kind of shrug your shoulders, right? If Gallinari goes for 30 and you lose, but Trey Young has the off game that he did of 6 of 16 shooting for just 21 points, you're, you're probably going to live with that, right? Like, it's it's just one of those things. It's a series. You've got to look at it not just in a game-to-game basis, but over a course of potentially seven. And so I think both teams kind of like their game plan, and it's, it, you know, it, it, this is it's so simple saying, but it's like, who, who's going to hit their shots, right? Like, who's going to hit their shots? You got them from the Sixers in the second half with Shake Milton. If you had Trey Young getting one or two more in there, this game's complexion, I think, has changed a little bit. But they've got to feel good about Gallinari being able to drain those threes and the looks that he was giving because he's going to get those more in this series. Yeah, I think so. And you know what? I, I, I do not have complete faith in him to to hit those shots. No, that's that's the scary thing, right? Like that's the thing. You know, do you believe he can hit those or not? And if you think not, and look, that's not necessarily the wrong thing to think, right? Right. Um, they're going to be in some trouble. I'm going to be interesting to hear what they say on Locked On Hawks because that that you're going to hear a lot deeper perspective on. Okay, are we afraid that Gallo got all of these shots because? He's going to start trying to take those a lot the next time around. Or are you like good that he took them and hopefully you can carry some momentum there. We're going to find out they don't play again till Friday. So uh, that's going to be a you check out locked on Hawks. Get that uh, perspective there. Hey, if you've seen some of these guys on the sidelines with those percussive devices that are like kind of like knocking out the knots in their legs and getting like some massaging there, that's what a Theragun is it's a handheld per- percussive device that releases your deepest muscle tension using scientifically calibrated combination depth speed and power and it's as quiet as an electric toothbrush the gen 4 theragun, theragun doesn't just feel good it gets to the source of the pain by releasing tension using theragun's signature percussive therapy which goes 60 percent deeper than vibration alone it's got an oled screen and a design that make you feel like you're holding something from the future you can go to their site and check it out and the theragun app learns from your behaviors and then suggests guided routines it's super cool to have something like that uh you watch these guys there's a reason why these guys these professional athletes these professional sports teams use a piece of equipment like this it is trusted by 250 professional sports teams like Real Madrid and elite athletes like Paul George, DeAndre Hopkins, Maria Sharapova, hundreds of thousands of customers. So try Theragun for 30 days, starting at only $199. Go to theragun.com slash locked on right now and get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's theragun.com slash locked on, theragun.com slash locked on. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. I wonder if you can bet on who's going to have the next 40-point game in the NBA. That would be a fun one. You could go in at halftime at one of these games and, and bet on one of those wagers that's available at halftime. Everything's available, pro sports in the United States, college sports, foreign sports, or, or international sports, I should say. They're all available here on Bet Online. So get out your laptop, get out your mobile device, and sign up using the promo code LOCKED on because that's going to get you a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So if you want to deposit $200, then you get a 50% welcome bonus, which is $100. See, I use those nice round numbers, Jake, because I can actually do the math on those. (laughs) So don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get in the game as all of these teams make their deep run in the playoffs. 
Bet online. Use that promo code locked on. You're online, sportsbook experts. Please gamble responsibly. It is no surprise that the MVP of the NBA is Nikola Jokic of the Denver Nuggets. Nikola Jokic was officially named MVP. He got 91 first place votes and ran away with it with 971 total points. Joel Embiid was second. He had basically all of the six, the, the, the second place votes. And Steph Curry was third. Giannis Antetokounmpo was fourth. Chris Paul was fifth. Then after that, you get a sprinkling in of uh, everybody else that's kind of been mentioned. And Derek Rose, who won the fan vote somehow. <laughs> um, but Nikola Jokic, the runaway winner for MVP. No surprise here, Jake. I mean, this guy's been amazing. He's been durable. We we joke about his his physical stature, shall we say? But he he has not missed a game. He is he's been there for the Nuggets and has been a main reason that the Nuggets have even gotten this far after the Jamal Murray injury. Uh, an amazing season, and hopefully, as time marches on. This the how special this season was is not lost because it was an extraordinarily difficult season for everybody. Everybody missed time. Baxter Holmes on ESPN did a piece on how so many the injuries were up, and to have him make it through this season unscathed. Knock on wood. Hope I'm not jinxing this dude, but it's an amazing story. Yeah, look, he, he should have run away with it just exactly like he did a season where he put up 26.4 points per game, 10.8 rebounds and 8.3 assists. Like that, that's going to do it. He shot 39% from three as well. He had an incredible year and to do it over all 72 games on that large of a sample size, right? And to keep up that level of production when guys often can't do that. He's well-deserving, and look, they lost Jamal Murray. He stepped up and played at an even higher level after that, helped the Nuggets retain the third seed in the Western Conference. He's completely deserving. First center since Shaq to win MVP of the league, third European-born player ever to win it as well after Giannis and Dirk. So it's a cool story, very well-deserved. And look, the Denver Nuggets are going to need him to play like an MVP tonight if they want to try and even the series against the Phoenix Suns because he kind of struggled I thought in game one particularly in that matchup with DeAndre Ayton who seemed to I don't want to say eat him alive but but held him to shooting under 40 percent while he himself scored on him and so when we start to look at this game tonight that's the that's probably the biggest thing to look at I think when it comes to this matchup that I just want to commend you for a professional segue like that that's, How good was that's, that? That that's the segue of a podcaster who's done a thousand shows. <laughs> Congratulations on your thousandth, by the way. Um, so yes, I think the Jokic uh, matchup here with Aiton that that's going to be number one for the the Phoenix Suns and in in the uh, the Denver Nuggets. Um, I don't I don't know the 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 Suns. Um, I just don't feel like we've given them enough credit for um, for what they've done, and I, I think the Suns have have shown you know finally proven that uh, they have everything that it takes. And in that Aiton matchup, Aiton has been so good. Uh, I just wonder now if I just wonder if if Jokic 
is is going to run a little bit out of steam with he, he looked gassed at times in game one i thought like yeah particularly late in the game he looked a little bit tired in this particularly because they had been playing with such a fast pace in the first half and it seemed like he started to lose his legs a little bit and look Aiden's given him trouble in the past too but he's still the MVP and he needs to do better than 22 points on 10 of 23 shooting 22 points on 23 shots is a massive massive win for the Phoenix Suns and you don't need to give them much as you said I think everyone's kind of looking at the Suns team and they've kind of had their like arrival moment of like oh that team's really good you can just see it when they play right like we don't have stats for this they are so unbelievably well coached by Monty Williams, and they just look and play like a well-coached team. Chris Paul looks healthy when he's pulling the strings of everything he does, both offensively and defensively. It's a game changer. Booker is an absolute killer. DeAndre Ayton has stepped up. Then you've got Jay Crowder who's doing his playoff Jay Crowder things. Like that's that's a pretty tough out, <laughs> tough team to play. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, looking at that that box score from the first game, you just see a bunch of underperforming. Yeah, you get Aaron Gordon overperforming. That's nice, but Michael Porter Jr. the the reason why Denver has has kind of been this good. Yeah. Two reasons: Jokic has been Jokic, and MPJ has been you know feeding us crow people like me who said you know at the trade deadline that he should go. Like that he he has shown why he's special. But fifteen points like th- th- this is just not gonna it's not gonna work because what one thing that we know from the Phoenix Suns is they're gonna be organized. They're gonna. They they have great chemistry. Chris Paul is is great at settling them down when the other team makes a run. When they when the the Suns have made some mistakes, Chris Paul gets things reorganized. Uh, is one of the best players ever to kind of do that and and get you know a, a run that could be a thirteen zero run. It ends up being a, a seven zero run because Chris Paul gets you together gets you set and you don't get those big devastating runs as often against Chris Paul teams. So the Suns are going to be organized and they're going to they're going to be a problem defensively. What the Nuggets need to do is just be more uh you got to get more movement, you've got to get more uh cutting, you got to get Rivers out there cutting back door, you got to get him on the move so Jokic can find him. Jokic had Three assists. If there's a one stat in that game one, more so than the the shots that he missed, it's those three assists that Jokic had. You got to get guys working off of Jokic. And the one thing that 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 Phoenix has done is is switched defensively and takes away a little bit of what Denver does to take advantage of of other defenses. They've got to be able to figure out how to slip the screens and play off of that and and have Jokic finding guys. If Jokic can get those assist numbers up and guys can give him opportunities to get those assist numbers up, then we'll have a different story. Look, and they, they may get Will Barton back for this game, which I think is something well, that would really be good. Yeah, because, that's right. Uh, then, you, then you don't have to play Austin Rivers necessarily 31 minutes in this, and that's a bit of a liability for them. And he may not play. I think he was listed as questionable. So that's going to be potentially 
a, a bit of a key to this this game too that if they get a little bit more guard depth and help I think that can help them with some of that off ball movement um Composo has not played particularly great I don't think either particularly on the defensive side of the ball where he's been a big liability so Will Barton kind of elevates them and raises their floor a little bit but they you know it's other than Jokic they just need to get more from Michael Porter Jr. He's been making both you and I eat crow and make that on themselves and bet on him. And it's paid off really well for them. They didn't get that kind of performance out of him in game one. If they can get more from him, it probably changes the complexion of this one a little bit. But also don't forget like Malone's role in some of this too. He did not use his timeouts well, I thought, in game one. It didn't seem like he had a real good feel for the flow of the game. And having him kind of know, okay, there the momentum's building away from my team here. I need to call a timeout and just kind of regroup and resettle, I think would do wonders for them too. And like, I don't think that would have changed necessarily game one, but it certainly could have hurt. Sure. Sure. Absolutely. It's a great point. All right. Well, check out locked on nuggets, locked on Suns for uh deeper previews of game two, which is at nine 30 Wednesday night. And that's the only game of the night, one game on the docket. So uh, we're getting into these Better moments to the hype. Yeah, better. Uh, we're getting down to the the nitty gritty here, Jake. We're only one in two games a night. It's a it's a nice departure for actually. We can actually talk a little bit about basketball as opposed to like twelve game nights where we're like, okay, this happened, then this happened, okay, next game. So uh, I'm happy to uh, to to have this this time here. But uh, make sure you're listening to the Locked On NBA podcast on a daily basis. We kind of reshuffled things, and and we have a couple of new hosts in there. On, on different days, so uh, make sure you're subscribed to the Lockdown NBA podcast. Also, if you want, subscribe to our podcast. I'm John Corrales. I host the Lockdown Celtics podcast. You can find me on Twitter at RedsArmy underscore John. And I'm Jake Madison, host of the Lockdown Pelicans podcast. You can find me on Twitter at Nola Jake. Hey, and check out the Lockdown Today podcast while you're at it. What's the plan for the Steelers at quarterback after Big Ben? Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow Locked On Today and follow Locked On NBA on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.